0: The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers.
1: Welcome to the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition, John Crossman. Hello, this
2: is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO Edition. We have our regular guest here with us today, Dr. Josh Harris, uh, who is uh, formerly of UCF and NYU and now at Fordham University as a real estate professor. That is right. I'm now the executive director of the Fordham Real Estate Institute. That's very exciting. And in addition to that, a consultant that does all kinds of work and guest lectures and works with large corporations across America. And so when we have you come on, Dr. Harris, we like to ask you about different kinds of questions from the real estate uh, community, the market. So today I wanted to open up with um, I want you to talk about best practices and maybe a little bit of worst practices um, mm-hmm. and not trying to pick on anybody of real estate companies, right? So you know, in your world as being a professor, you and running a real estate center, obviously you dealt with lots of corporations, corporations recruiting, right? Yep. And so, and then you would hear stories from students, oh, I love my internship, or it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're working yeah. on a and a you know turn of the century you know mill or something, um, and so you have that perspective, but then you have perspective as a consultant, so. Just start off with real estate companies today in 2024 that are doing it right. They're doing what? What is it that they're doing that makes
0: you say, "Gosh, that they're 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 on it." Well, it's a great question, and obviously, you know, we're here. It's the start of 2024. We've been following the news at all of real estate. Interest rates have gone up. There's this whole discussion about values coming down. So, we're gonna find out who's doing it well or right, probably. And you know, ask me in 24 months, and we might get a whole list of who's still here, who ha- who went away. And it, you know. What, what I think about it is the companies that really perennially are successful, they don't do the same thing every year. They shift. I think Mm. one of the things that, you know, the market shift, it's an investment game ultimately, and whether it doesn't matter whether you're a broker or an owner or developer or whatever, I mean, you're the business shifts. And I always like to think the example I always like to use is think about mall developers, right? There was a time, right? Where being a mall developer. You know, those suburban malls, those things you may have heard about depending on how young you are listening to this, you know, that, that thing your parents talk about. But, um, that was the coolest place on earth, at least in the United States of America. And building a mall was like the pinnacle of basically being in real estate. Guess what? We don't build malls anymore. Now, some mall developers went away, but others suddenly discovered that, wait a minute, we need to live in apartments or we need to do warehouses. Right. And they had to shift. So I think sometimes recognizing that when what you're doing just isn't the market anymore, then you make the shift. And I think the companies that actually wreck just honest to themselves say, you know what? Our core business doesn't exist anymore or is going away. And the faster they shift, the fast, those are the ones that stay around forever. It's really fascinating when you think about this, because if
2: you um, become a doctor, like there's a lot of things you can, when you become a general practitioner or doctor, you literally can do that job for, for 40 years, the same thing. But when you're in real estate, um, it does change. And, and the, the word I use is pivot and it's the same thing, right. shift, pivot, the same thing. But when I think about it, you know, for years I worked at uh, leasing shopping centers and that was a good business for me yep. at the same time, I leased them up, you know, I'd lead them at a hundred percent lease and then they'd sell. And then I'd have to find more shopping centers to lease. So right. it's not like you get in this business and like I'm a lease shopping centers and you're literally going to lease the same shopping center for 40 years and retire, and get a gold watch. So you really have to have a spirit of shift uh, right. somewhere uh, always in you. Yeah. And you're trying to talk even deeper about, you know, what the trends are. And so- you know, if you're multifamily, you know, being aware of like uh, maybe adding the skill set of affordable housing or workforce housing or uh, build a rent, right? Like it's trying to be, it doesn't mean you completely get off mission, but trying to be sensitive to what's going on around and adding
0: skill sets. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And being smart enough to kind of realize that sometimes things are popular because, you know, a certain set of capital requirements or there's certain things that come in vogue and, you know, I, I think Jeff Bezos of Amazon has a, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of paraphrase a quote of him that he's fairly well known for. He was asked in an interview, I think this is like almost 10 years ago now. Um, you know, what do you think is going to change about Amazon's business? Like if you look into the future 10 years, one of those like grand visionary style questions and his response to the interviewer, I think it was like a Forbes magazine, one of those kind of outlets he says, I don't really know, but I know, but I'm going to focus on what will never change or what I don't think will ever change. And he said, my customers always want products as cheap as possible and they want it delivered as fast as possible. Mm. And he said, you know, I think that's going to be true 30 years from now. They want it cheaper and they want it faster. And if you look at the decision, was what's interesting, we now know from, I think it was like 2013-ish to where we are now, 2024 or now, they built, they went from two-day to one-day shipping. Had to build all, and it was a huge real estate thing because I had to get all these warehouses. He knew at the time that that was what he was fighting for, right? So it, that, that actually... That statement about no change was actually a statement of huge change and a, actually a gigantic shift in, in the actual uh, business methods of Amazon. So I think that realizing what your customers, whoever that core person is ultimately going to pay your bills in one way or the other, what they want, and realizing that you have to now shift to adapt to best serve them because if you don't, well, you know your competitor is going to. Mm-hmm. I would add into that, I agree with all that, I would add to that like
2: uh, financial performance, right? That's mm-hmm. That's something like, Look, people are always going to be investing money. You know, I, I, I've told my friends sometimes at the end of the day, what my job is, is helping really wealthy people, serving them, right? right? So part of it is like making sure they're getting the return, uh, asset preservation, there's that part of it. And then I'd also say on that is the is the customer service, you know, the mm-hmm. human component to it. And uh, when I talk to students, I'm always like, you'd be shocked how little, little you have to do to separate yourself from the pack. And I think the same is true in a lot of service industries. Uh, like a little bit can make a huge difference, right? Yeah. And so I think that's a, those are important ones as well. So um, on the opposite side, you know, mm-hmm. if you see like a trend line that you go, ooh boy, like when I, <laughs> when I, when I see blank, it
0: makes me think, I don't know that that company's going to be around. Is there anything that jumps out to you? Well, the, the biggest one, and this is kind of really a discussion you and I were having offline, um, ethical considerations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you violate ethics and you violate trust, which happens easier. I mean, I think that's one of the things I always... I mean, ever, any of these great stories about massive, with the exception of like a Bernie Madoff who was probably just pathological, the the, the trail towards an ethical failure is usually not ill-intent. It's usually trying to, in some ways they feel like we're trying to save it, we're trying to do something good. Once a company sort of goes down that slippery slope or it becomes an acceptable, in fact, it, it creates like almost like a, if you don't, you know, cut the corners, you, you're you not going to live up to the expectations of the firm. I, I think it becomes culturally there. Once you adopt to that, you might, I mean, you might have a good run, you right? You can get some wins, but once that starts getting exposed, it's a meltdown. And I think there are companies that, and people candidly, right? That had they not, had they been more constrained about taking a short-term loss, they could have made a huge long-term win, but they, they chose to cut corners, act a little bit unethically in that for that short-term gain or, or savior, And it led to their ultimate demise.
2: Uh, I was recently watching uh, one of my classic films. I like American gangster. I don't know if you know that movie with uh, Denzel Washington. I've
0: seen it been a while.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting for a lot of it. And part of it's, you know, based uh, on a true story. One of the things was, is that this guy was a, you know, super successful gangster and, and they didn't even know he existed until he showed up at a fairly big time professional boxing match wearing this big, like fur coat and he stood out and he had better seats than the mayor or something crazy right. like that behavior. <laughs> but, and again, this is a spoiler alert, but the, the real sub thing about it is there's a, there's a dynamic between Josh Brolin's character and Russell Crowe's character. Mm-hmm. And that Josh Brolin character is a dirty cop and Russell Crowe is a, is a clean cop. Right. right? And so at the end, you know, they get the bad guy and they do all the right things. At the end, Josh Brolin's character gets exposed. And he's about to be exposed and he chooses suicide. Right, and so uh, another similar movie that I like is Michael Clayton, and there's a movie George Clooney's character. The, the best part of Michael Clayton, listen to me, mm-hmm. the high point in this the movie, the most clinic moment where the woman gets an Academy Award for the acting she did. Is where the ICSC was for years in New York City. I've been in that hallway this this very oh, the, hallway. The Javits, I, yeah, no, yeah. it's not Javits. It was at, at the Hilton. Oh, the Hilton. And oh, I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, like yeah. the hallway they're in, I've been in that hallway like sure. 50 times. I know, that I hour. know the hotel well. But in it, Michael Clayton, the George Quinn's character, he could have done the unethical thing, cashed in, right? He did the ethical thing, and the end, of the movie has he has nothing left, right? And so there is a uh, there is a day of reckoning, mm-hmm. if you will, right? Yeah. And so knowing and picking your path and and sometimes making short term less money uh the better the better way to go you sleep better at night too for sure for sure uh listen Josh we're going to take a quick break and come back and I'm going to and I'm going to get you one of my famous gotcha questions if all that's right okay. all right we'll be back in just a minute at the Crossman conversation CEO edition this is John Crossman and I work with a lot of vendors in the commercial real estate industry and I got to tell you one of my favorite ones ever is my friends over at Construction Unlimited, Florida's premier roofing company, and they bridge the craftsmanship with the pinnacle of innovation. They're just one of the best groups because of the trust, the expertise, the quality, and my favorite part, they're really committed to the community. When you're thinking about roofing construction needs, keep Construction Unlimited at the top of your list.
0: At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management,
1: investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com once again, here's John Crossman. All right,
2: we're back here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition with uh, Dr. Josh Harris. And we were just talking about uh, companies and like what real estate companies, whether the attributes that make them successful or, or struggle. And so his big thing on the, the successful one is their ability to pivot, right? And you have to be able to shift. That was your word shift. Right. It was a tough time. And then the other, sort of, on the other side of it is like the ethical side. And like, you know, again, you know, sometimes a broker one time to me, he goes, Oh man, I see these guys. They never get their come up. It's what they do. <laughs> um, again, it'll be, it can, it may not be right away, but like, and our, our industry goes slow sometimes, but right. eventually that kind of all kind of gets worked out is what you were saying. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, you never know, right? They're The ultimate judgment is something we may not be going to get to witness on this earth, but it, we can assume it or not assume it happens, but there is, you know, you have to live with it. And I think that what you, but people miss about the ethical side and, and I can, I can think of many personal examples that I will not put the name on the air just out of uh, right, respect right. for all. And that's my own ethics. But uh, I don't know that they may still be in business, but it's like they are one tenth of what they could be. And I, I you know, I think, yeah, that, yeah I think that's a fair that, observation. Yeah, They're just like, they're, they're doing two, they're doing two deals. They have two, they have the same two small clients. They, 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 they survive. I've heard, I once know a friend who referred to one of these as, they're like the cockroaches, like not even the nuclear bomb will take them out. Right. But guess what? They're still the cockroaches living in the basement. Yeah. And, and there are firms and there are people that probably could be top tier and probably could literally have um, the principals and everyone involved could probably have an extra zero on their net worth. But they cut that corner to make, you know, uh, you know they to make 10,000 bucks. They gave up a million bucks. And I and I might keep making those little $10,000 checks and hey, it's a life. But they are... If they had turned their brain and their power and their energy, you know, more long-term to it, they could be a lot wealthier and more successful than they are. So I think that's part of the penalty.
2: I I agree with that. I, I, I have often thought exactly that is the people where i am like, man, if they weren't so unethical, they could be so much better and so much forever. I also think too, that I think for a lot of people, and I, and I'm one of these people is that sometimes you kind of figure yourself out and that, you know, there's other things, uh, like my family or make an impact community. And making the extra zero is not as important. Right. Right. And so I, when people sort of get more comfortable in their shoes of who they are, yeah, then that really helps out too. Uh, totally like, agree. Like, you know, sometimes being a behind the scenes person as far as being a foreground mm-hmm. person. Okay. So uh, I know if you're familiar with this thing called social media, but there's a thing <laughs> going around is people do and they'll put up like um, three quarterbacks and it'll be like three famous quarterbacks. Right. right. Like I think the last one I saw was like, um, you know, in college, it was like Tim Tebow, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Cam Newton. Sure. And so the comment was: is you got to you got to uh, start one, bench one, cut one, right? <laughs> and so it causes the internet to explode right. because people are like, well, well, well. So I'm going to ask you the same question. I want to say, start one, bitch one, cut one. Okay. Okay. But it's, it's it's three areas of real estate okay. based on today. Your start
0: work. one, cut one, bench one. Right. So it, meaning okay.
2: I'm going to name these three areas of real estate and you're going to you're gonna say, John, that's the one I would jump on. Okay. That's the one I would do second. And that's the one I would probably. And we're
0: here in first quarter 2024 for
2: right, some right, time. So yeah, yeah. That might so, change, you know. Yeah, that's okay. You're, no, right, you, all, right, all right. You're going to caveat it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let's go. All right. So start one, <laughs> bench one, cut one. And I'm going to say the three categories are industrial, office,
0: retail. Starting retail, starting retail. Why would you say it? Why would you go to that so quick? I I've purely and I partially. I've been like literally working on some of this research, like in the last couple of hours, if not days. um Supply demand balance. You know, it's rel- very undersupplied on a relative basis. Consumers are actually shopping like crazy. I mean, it, you know, as for all the un- recessionary talks, it isn't happening that fast, and we're we're just undersupplied. And candidly, people have to spend. Um, and we, because we didn't build it, we still need it. So it's just it's it's easy um bench one cut one so interestingly i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with industrial to bench although i don't you know that's a bench but i'm expecting it to come in on the next play right, right sure. because uh, I, I mean industrial is pretty good too you know there's a little there is some more overbuilding i mean there's obviously there's some speculative developers who've got one to 1.5 if not two million square foot uh, you know, basically they're meant to be for Amazon or somebody mm-hmm. like that. And there's only so many of those and it's kind of easy. Industrials is so easy to build spec because I mean, they're, they're simple buildings at the end of the day, right? If you right. get the land entitled, you know, office, I really hate saying cut, but there has got to be the, 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 that industry and especially the lenders candidly, who are somewhat increasingly in control. They have not had the recognition They're, 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 they're reckon- they're reckoning right now because there's, I mean, I think, there's some great opportunities in it, but I mean, the 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 industry is slow to recognize how much that industry has shifted and how much now that what used to make for, hey, I can just go lease 50, 75,000 on these big broad terms and, you know, and which granted made some brokers super rich who, when they look at what those, uh those commissions can be that everyone's looking at this stuff a little bit more as service oriented short, you know, it's it's short term has got to be a little bit more friendly on these things. And that, that I mentioned that model at the malls, it's, you know, people are going to work in offices. And and, and I think what they're missing is that the way a company is going to approach it is going to be different than what they did 20 years ago. And and the landlords that are figuring this out, by the way, they're like those smart landlords who aren't tied to the old system. They're going to make a killing. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's interesting.
2: I think that, the uh, how people are coming back to work and what that looks like mm-hmm. is very fascinating. Yeah. Right. And you know, I'm moving my offices and, um, uh, somebody said to me like recently, like, do you expect all your people to come back and be in the office five days a week? And I said, well, I do if they want a private window office. Right. Right. So, I mean, if they, if they don't and they're, they're going to come up in a little bit and they have, okay, with the cubicle, right. But, you know, in my own life, um, I have a very nice home office. And because I'm an empty nester and my wife's uh, working part time right now, um, just the other day I was working out of the house and it kind of worked well, right? In general sense, it kind of worked well and I got some things done. And truth be told, sometimes like um, in the late afternoon, some days I might walk my dog and the entire walk I'm on the phone. Sometimes I'm on the phone with you, (laughs) you you know? Um, And so there's places I can get some things done, whether it's in my car and home, things like that all that said, I still really highly value coming into work. I mean, there's so much wind to, um, things that happen in the hallway and bumping into people and collaboration Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I think when that office world, if that's the settle down world of like that (laughs) combination of
0: what does that really look like? You know, I I think, and, and this is an interesting, you know, there's a lot of debate about this and I do think that, you know, Now, granted, maybe there's a political angle to this, but I think after during COVID, there was a some point where everybody hated mandates of one type or the other, just depends maybe on how fast you got there. So when I see all these companies, especially the large, like Fortune 500 types saying like you mandating three days a week or this, that, it's kind of silly if people just come into the office so they could be on Zoom meetings or taking phone calls, right? I mean, assuming they have a home office that's actually nice. A lot of people, you you know, John, I mean, you know, you're establishing a career. You have a nice house that has a home office. That's a luxury that a lot of people... Um, and the expense of buying a house or whatever, right? Don't have. So, I mean, mm-hmm. part of it is that they need an office because work from home is like working from a kitchen table, and you might have loud kids or dogs, and it's not, it's not feasible. I think that if we let this happen more organically, and we make a, you know, you said it, like it's the human interaction part, right? So long as there's value in what's going on, people are going to want to come in. I think when you're making strong mandates, I think that's a little bit the mistake that all the, the and this goes in landlords, companies are making a mistake of trying too hard to force something versus trying to incentivize and entice and making it exciting to come. And I think they'll figure this out next year or so. Well, you know,
2: back to the original question, uh, people answered with Cam Newton as start Lamar Jackson bench and cut Tim Tebow. It, that it broke the internet because people then showed pictures of when Cam Newton was Tim Tebow's backup.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I, so I end on that to say that like, as you're, you're right, the timing of this and you know, the markets change and then sure. things like, you know, things do move around, but it really goes back to your original point of like having the ability to shift. Yep. And so it's good, whatever market you're in to make sure you're thinking and aware of those markets, you know, the office building that yep. we're moving, taking over, I keep saying, we're going to bring a little bit of retail flavor. To sure. It. We're going to do some things a little bit different and maybe see how that works. Well, you know, right now it's either brand new or you got to make it sexy. That's right. Well, we'll try try a little bit of both. Yep, there show. you go. All right, Dr. Harris, thanks so much for being with me. It's great to see you. We're going to take a quick break and be back here with our final segment. I'd like to thank Maynard, Cooper, and Gail, PC, for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com.
1: crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com.
2: As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too.
1: Once again, here's John Crossman. Well, Mike Gillen, we're back. Thanks for as always being here with me. It's always a joy to be here, and I really enjoy these visits you have with Josh. Well, you know, his, you know, career and
2: perspective is unique, right? A lot of us are kind of in our one lane and that's what we know when you're talking to somebody who is a college professor. And let me add, and has run real estate centers. That's different, right? Because yeah. you know, when you're a professor, you're teaching academically. and that, Of course, is a respected, noble thing, when you're doing the real estate center, you're also talking with students and you're hearing about, I just got this job or I'm interning here or, well, and you're dealing with the advisory boards and things like that so you're hearing from people who are helping influence what needs to be taught yeah. right so he has that you know perspective which is really helpful
1: and again just, just to hear that from somebody on the outside you know it's pretty cool you know i'm reading a book right now that it doesn't have anything to do with real estate but it's talking about a comparison with what uh, a, a church or a pastor would feel from the standpoint of having a commitment to one theology but then two not living that out in the everyday world. So the application of right. the theology, and that's what you're talking about. It's one thing to know real estate from a principled standpoint or a knowledge standpoint. It's another thing to put that in practice. Well, I, I agree with that. I, I look at it this way.
2: It's like, I, I always want to have like a, a friend that's an ER nurse. Like I have a niece that she's now in the operating room. but She was an ER nurse. And so when you talk to ER nurses and you're like, dude, what what's going on? What do you see? What's up with this? What's up with that? Like When the opioid crisis started ramping up and like all of a sudden you're like, what is that? What's happening? Right. Or knowing somebody this sounds even worse, but like a mortician, it's like, you know, what's happening? What's really happening? You know, sometimes in society, we get locked into a topic that people are scared about, but it's not reality Mm -hmm. as far as dealing with things that are reality. Right. And so that's why I go back to Dr. Harris, because it's like, what's reality of like what's going on out there? So when he talked about the first thing about companies being able to shift and, it's so interesting he said that because I'm like it, it the, the whole, your whole real estate career is got to be like that. I mean, there are sometimes you might say somebody that works for a corporate real estate company and they they get the gold watch, but even that's rare. I mean, I remember when I was in uh, in my late 20s, early 30s. I got recruited by um, uh, the Gap to do real estate, go work for corporate in Chicago for them, and at the time it was the biggest you know opportunity, and I decided not to pursue it and turned it down. But, you know, that's not a big opportunity now. Like the reality, like, would I still be there yeah, working? Right. Like, probably yeah. not, right? That's exactly in, right. In, You right. made the right call. Right. And so it's one of those things, like, that's a, a nature to, you know, what it's all about. And then I think on the other part, when he was talking about the different hot areas, it was nice here, I'm saying retail, and that makes sense because, you know, retail has been in the last place for like a good solid six years or something like that. Because remember, pre-COVID, it was the retail pocket blitz, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, it was uh, this onslaught, this negativity and then COVID hit and some people thought retail's dead forever.
1: That's right. A right? lot. Of, and sadly a lot did die.
2: Yeah. But what it did was it pruned down. Right. And so if you, if you're on the other side of that and your, your shopping center is hundred percent lease, well, guess what? Like it's, it's, it's not bulletproof, but it's yeah. close to it. That's right. And so we learned through all that. Listen, recently I've done little trips to. Uh, Mall Millennia and Altamont Mall. And by golly, they were packed and both Apple stores are lines out the door. Right. So, you know, there are people that have pivoted, done the right thing, taking Dr. Harris's advice and they're, they're still around That yeah. it happen. Yeah.
1: You know? well, probably won't see new malls, but it's good to know that some of the existing malls are still there.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, the old quote bad ones, it's not like likely they're going to get wiped off the map they're just going to be smaller. Mm -hmm. Instead of
1: having a million square feet
2: of retail, they might have four and a thousand square feet of retail, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just different. Yeah. It's just different. Uh, But it's not, you know, completely earth-shattering. Well, Mike, as always,
1: great to see you. Thank you, my friend. Until
2: next time, we're here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition.
1: This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.